What's up, guys, and welcome to the Toby Agency Podcast Network. We just launched our third show called Entrepreneurship Sucks, hosted by Andrew Hong, CEO of Toby Agency. If you've ever wondered what the not-so-obvious personal challenges of being an entrepreneur are, you should definitely check out this insightful podcast. You can also listen to new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. For more information and content like this, head over to tobyagency.co slash podcast. No matter your role and basically no matter your industry or the nature of the business that you're in, large or small, you win through human connection. And then when you think about all of the touch points that you have in your day as you're reaching out to connect with people, as you're reaching out to communicate with people, so much of it is faceless digital communication. So what we've been advocating now for a decade is that you find opportunities in your day and throughout your week to use a simple webcam or smartphone video in order to look people in the eye and just speak to them. That's Ethan Butte, author of Rehumanize Your Brand, host of the Customer Experience Podcast, and chief evangelist at BombBomb. On this episode, we sit down and talk with Ethan about using small short-form video to help bring a new human connection to your brand. This is Lights, Camera, Grow. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Lights, Camera, Grow podcast. My name is Jared, and we are back with another episode. Today, we have on Ethan Butte. Let me give you a little uh, intro here, Ethan, before uh, we jump into the the, the interview um, and, and talk more about what you do and what you guys stand for at BombBomb. So Ethan is a best-selling author on Amazon. His book is Rehumanize Your Brand. He is the host of the Customer Experience Podcast, a co-host of the B2B Growth Show, he is currently the chief evangelist at BombBomb. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, welcome to the show, Ethan. Glad to have you on. Thanks for taking some time out. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, to be in conversation with you. We've been talking about doing it for a while, and it's fun to be here. Um, so I'm going to let you actually kick it off and give us uh, us and the audience an idea of what BombBomb is all about. But before we do that, I want to say congrats on winning your recent four G2 awards, which I know is another uh, stack of medals in the collection of G2 awards that you guys have won. So congrats on that. Yeah, thanks so much. The best thing about G2, of course, is that it's customer driven. Of course, a company can influence that in some ways, but ultimately the performance there is so driven by customers and what they say, what they think, that, uh, that that's one of those awards that really means a lot more than some of the other ones. It's awesome, man. Yeah, it's again, I know like G2 is a big, a big deal. So congrats for you guys. Okay. Can you give us a little insight on what BombBomb is? Yeah. So our whole goal is to get you face to face with more people more often. We know that you are better in person. We know that you are your own best differentiator, no matter your role and basically no matter your industry or, or the nature of the business that you're in, large or small, you win through human connection with your peers, with your strategic partners, with your prospects, with your customers, with all the people you need to connect and communicate with. And then when you think about all of the touch points that you have in your day as you're reaching out to connect with people, as you're reaching out to communicate with people, so much of it is faceless digital communication. So what we've been advocating now for a decade is that you find opportunities in your day and throughout your week to use a simple webcam or smartphone video in order to look people in the eye and just speak to them. And so we have a whole tool set that makes it easy to record and send these short messages, whether it's just you or whether it's you and your screen, you can do it directly in Gmail. You can do it in Salesforce, Outreach, Zendesk. You can do it from our web app, from our mobile apps, et cetera, a number of other integrations. And of course, through tools like Zapier or PySync or API Nation, you can read and write rules in and out of a variety of platforms and, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the tech is important. Uh, it's important to make it fast and easy to do. But above all is uh, the, the guidance, support and philosophy of you winning on who you are and you connecting and communicating in a more personal and human way every day. Yeah. And obviously, with the given times that we are in right now, not to timestamp this too much, but I know that is uh, even more important right now as we're speaking um, in this 
back half, later half of 2020. I just want to speak to the to the pandemic for just a minute, because who knows how long it's going to go on. There really isn't any end in sight. And we've been in it for right. months and months now. It, it is really interesting. So in the spring, when it like really set on quickly, um, we had a dramatic increase in interest, right? And and the way I describe that is, you know, we've had tens of thousands of customers for years now. And so obviously people have seen this, the, the value in quickly and easily staying face to face with the people who matter most to their success, you know, with one to one videos or one to the three people who are working on this project with me or to my entire customer base. Um, They've recognized that value and benefit for years. It's it's about overcoming the time and distance that keeps us apart from other people, uh, preventing us from being there in person. And so what the pandemic did was, of course, took away the opportunity completely to get face to face with people, either just practically or culturally, or in some cases, legally prevented from doing so. And and so the, the, the pain of not being able to be face to face with people was just felt much more intensely or much more acutely by people. And so it finally caused them to act. But it's so interesting. Again, we've been at this for a decade. The, the, the bandwidth has been there. The HD cameras in our laptops and smartphones have been there for years. And so it's, it's nice to finally see people driven into this opportunity. Obviously you would never beg for this type of horrible situation. It's obviously hurt a lot of people and families and businesses. Um, but this opportunity to get face to face is one that's been available to us for a long time that a lot of people have already seized the opportunity on. And so some people are finally being kind of forced into it because they realize, um, you know, this really does matter. That's an interesting point you pick out because you said it's 10 plus years that you guys have been creating um, tools to to enable this. Are you you're seeing this shift obviously more in the B2B sector, right? But in I feel like in the personal like section or, you know, on a daily basis, people have been using things like FaceTime. And of course, all the social apps have always had some sort of video component. And now each one of the chat apps has some sort of like video Skype type deal. Um, Are you seeing you're seeing the shift, though, strictly in businesses like more businesses are like, oh, wow, we can actually use this for for a replacement for the face to face or at least a alternative solution. Yeah, a few different things there. And that's a great question. It's one that most people don't ask about. Uh, so I love that you kind of identified, hey, you know, we've been kind of doing this in our personal lives for a long time. And especially now, again, during the yeah. pandemic, I'm sure that's gone up. I'm sure the use of FaceTime has increased dramatically over the past several months compared to the year earlier. So uh, a couple of things here. One, people, customers of ours do buy it, right, specifically for their business because they can see an ROI. They know they're going to increase replies. They're going to uh, increase uh, clicks through their emails. They're going to increase lead conversion. They're going to increase referrals, all these things that we hear anecdotally and through survey feedback. And that's what they're willing to pay for. Now, my sister probably isn't going to buy this because um, she is currently uh, raising a family. And so she's not working professionally right now. So she's not going to pay for a service like ours or some of the other competitors that have come into the space over the past couple of years. That said, for all of our customers, they are not just using it for their business. They're also using it because they're a, uh, a, a representative on a nonprofit board, let's say. So they're doing it for events and fundraisers and internal communication within another organization that they're part of. They're using it with family members and friends. They start, they start with business, but then they move it into other aspects of their lives because in so many cases, one, it centralizes this Two, the tool set and the tracking and the feedback is uniform. And so like through our Chrome extension, for example, I record videos all the time and then grab it, drop it into LinkedIn messages, drop it into Slack messages. And so I have this consistent recording and screen recording opportunity. It stays in my library. If I want to use it over and over again, for example, I'm answering a frequently asked question. It can stay in my library. I can just use it over and over across all these different channels, right? So Facebook does have in Facebook Messenger a video recording tool, but it's not very fast. It has a very right, specific right. limit on it. And so this idea of being able to kind of just do what you do in a tool that you're familiar with um, allows you to kind of carry the experience across other situations. So um, in general, we are selling primarily into sales teams and customer success teams. Um, a lot of leaders and managers are getting it for internal communication. It's super valuable for that. Again, especially as we're all working from home, we're broken apart. We can't do that that quick all hands meeting or we can, but it's just so impractical. Now, this is the last part I'll, I'll talk about here. 
We could all get on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet or whatever and all do it synchronously, but we all have to do it at the same time, sometimes across time zones. Was that four o'clock your time or four o'clock my time? Sorry, can't do it at four o'clock your time. What's next Tuesday look like? You know, all this like live synchronous communication, video makes that way better. But what you can do with a tool like BombBomb, and again, some of the other ones that are in the space now, is record these messages and do it when it's convenient for you and send it to say one person or eight people or 85 people and each one of them experiences you in person and gets your message or your screen recording and experiences that at their own convenience. So this asynchronicity here of I record it when it's convenient for me, I send it, you might open it in one minute, Ho might open it in one hour and Jennifer might open it uh, you know, one day later but tracking will let me know that each of you did that at those times and kind of closes that loop a little bit. And so this asynchronicity provides a lot of value and benefit as well. To me, it's so funny. And for any really young people out there, this is almost like voicemail when it was at its height, but this is voicemail with purpose. So like as a kid, I used to get excited about calling and leaving a voicemail message to a friend or to my parents or whatnot, and then they would check it. And um, But just that idea of like, I can do it on my own time. I can leave them a message. They can check it at their own time and, and get back to me at, at their own time um, is, is kind of interesting. And it, it feels like a, a little bit of a nostalgic play like voicemail, we'll call it 5.0 because there's been like a million things in between like normal voicemail and, and, uh, and video, these video mail messages now. So I, I love, I love that parallel and I just want to speak to it for a minute because it sure. really knocks down one of the biggest inhibitors to people getting going. They're like, and generally I would call this uh, vulnerability in general. People are uncomfortable seeing and hearing themselves on video. It's a very normal and very natural totally. thing. And so I often compare it to like a, a voicemail message in that like, because another one of these is, did I say it right? What should I say? How should I say it, et cetera? And it's like, you call someone. Now, very few people really pick up the phone anymore and very few people answer the phone anymore. So like voicemail, I think is less popular today than it was say right. two years ago and for a variety of reasons. But I'll go back because most people have left or received a voicemail at some point. When you call someone and you get voicemail and it beeps like right after the little message, you don't freak out and panic and like shoot around like digging through a pile of stat papers on your desk or folders on your desktop looking for the script to read. You know who you called. You know why you called them. You know what you need to say, and you know what you need them to do next. In this case, a call to action. And so this style of communication can really be that simple. Why are you reaching out? What do you need or want them to know? Or what's interesting or provocative or valuable or useful or curious? And then how can someone take you up on that opportunity? And it really is that simple. So there are a lot of parallels to voicemail, but the two particular benefits over it, of course, are one, people tend to engage with it more than they engage with voicemail at this point. Uh, and two, it's all of you, right? It's it's not just your voice. And right. voice is better than text alone, certainly in, in, in a lot of cases, uh, but video is better than both in almost uh, any case where you want to connect with someone, you want to manage your emotion or tone in a meaningful way and so that people truly understand the spirit of the message or you want to explain something that might be a little bit complex either by talking it out in layperson's terms or kind of doing a again a show and tell with a screen recording or something like that and finally you never know when someone listens to your voicemail so this idea that you can get an alert that says someone opened your email or someone played your video allows you to know at least uh, that that happened so in some cases you just want to know and it gives you peace of mind but in other cases it will lead to other behaviors like oh now's a great time to follow up or now I can follow up and ask if they had a chance to take a look at that video. Let's just say it's a sales situation. It gives you a reason to reach back out. You ask a leading question that you know the answer to only in order to uh, create that conversation. Hey, sent you that message the other day, kind of answered some of your questions. Just wanted to make sure you got that. And, and people are going to reply and say, they're not just going to say, yes, I did. They're going to say yes and or yes, but or yes, uh, you know, uh, let's talk more about that. To offshoot from that, what have you seen some really interesting case studies of the use of BombBomb software? Um, because I know, I think the way you described it is, is probably the way most people think and they, you're going to go right down that road. Like, let's use it for that specific uh, version. That's those specific tasks. But like, what are some really interesting cases? Are you seeing like internal uses? Are you seeing, um, you know, I don't know, maybe even some type of crazy creative storytelling version of it? At a high level, I just like to say that you're clicking send throughout your day 
and or you have machines shooting out messages on your behalf. And if you're a team leader or a manager and you're listening to this, your team members are doing the same thing. They're clicking, they're typing something out and clicking send or a machine is shooting out messages on, on their behalf. And every one of those is a chance to explain something more clearly, to have someone feel like they know you before they meet you, to, again, manage a really positive or negative emotion or tone um, in a way that is really hard to do in typed out text. So again, this kind of subtlety and nuance and sincerity and gratitude and, and all these just like soft human elements that we are that we easily communicate through our faces and our voices and our nonverbal communication and that we easily read from other people who are reaching out to us with their faces and voices and personalities and body language and facial uh, movements and motions and, and things like that. It's, it's just so deeply part of the human experience. We have millennia of human brain training, coding and decoding messages from our faces and our bodies to one another. And there's a ton of science and right, I lean right. on a lot of it and rehumanize your business that across societies, across cultures, across languages, that we all express emotions through our faces the exact same way. It's very human and very universal and it's innate. We all do it from birth. So you have opportunities. Every time you click send today, I want you to think about would this be better or faster or easier or more effective if I just set it in person? And I guarantee you're going to say yes, at least to one of those times. So that's a high level take. The most practical thing that anyone can do today, and I don't care your role. I don't care the nature of your business. You can reach out and do something like, thank you. Good job. Congratulations. I just noticed that dot, 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 or I was thinking about you dot, dot, dot. I was excited to hear dot, 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 or I was sorry to hear dot, 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 right? So you're scrolling LinkedIn, you're scrolling Instagram, you're scrolling Facebook, whatever you Twitter, whatever. Uh, and you're seeing things that are happening. You may click the like, you may even drop a comment, but take an extra step. If it's someone meaningful to you, whether it's a customer, whether it's a team member, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, take that extra step and reach out, right? And you're just saying something like, uh, hey, Jared, it's Ethan. Saw that post you put up on LinkedIn. I, I did drop a little comment there, but I wanted to tell you, man, it really reminded me of this thing from my childhood. And it's so funny, blah, 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 right? This is how you take the relationship to another level. This is just a moment out of your day to let someone know that something that they did was meaningful or helpful or interesting or important. And it builds this, this connection. And when you do it in this kind of stripped down, non-produced, casual, conversational way, it's an invitation to connect with you as a fellow human being. And frankly, there is not enough of that in our businesses and there's not enough of that in our lives. You will find that this becomes a very, not just a very effective practice that you kind of fold in with all the other ways you're communicating with people. You'll also find it more satisfying. Last thing here, and this is the big piece and I won't go into all the detail across the customer life cycle. I'll, I'll be very generic about this. Just imagine uh, left to right, a customer life cycle. And on the left side is, you know, just basic awareness, right? Um, you're either outbounding to create opportunities or you're responding to inbound inquiries, or you're getting referrals, these types of things. And so you need to establish some type of connection there and maybe move them into a demo or a phone call or a conversation or whatever. Just right there, you have tons of opportunities to use video. If you're outbounding, pair a video email with your voicemail and refer to the other and the one. Give them two channels to reply back to. And now you're not just this faceless voicemail or this faceless typed out email. You're a real person. It's a lot harder to reject a real human being. In addition, the act of using video in this way alone is dramatically differentiating. So if your competitors are doing the same thing, again, inbound or outbound, um, you're going to stand out simply. And I, I think this is probably going to stand for at least 24 months despite my best efforts to get more people to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, the act alone is differentiating. Confirming appointments and promising value in it. Again, in this case, you typically haven't met the person and they haven't met you, but they're going to feel a little bit warmer toward you. You can move past some of the, kind of, I call them how's the weather questions, some just like that basic rapport building. It's interesting because you don't have any of that for them, but they're going to respond to you in a way as if you have met for a short meeting before because right. they've met you through video. And so uh, promising value and having people feel warmer toward you before the meeting. And this is the money in the bank one is after the meeting, uh, especially for a salesperson where you can use their own language back to them. You can address any objections that may have come up. You can, uh, again, draw out the two or three most salient points and, again, bring them through empathy, meeting them. Like People are typically coming to you and your business. Uh, maybe it's not this dramatic, but kind of the two ends are, 
oh my gosh, the world is ending. Everything's bad. I have this horrible problem. Everything's on fire. Help me right now. And then on the other kind of dramatic end is, oh my gosh, my business is amazing, but I talked to three of my friends and they say that you can like just absolutely blow it out for me through the roof and you can dramatically change my results. Most people are falling somewhere in between those two, right, but right. You know, depending what end they're on, you can kind of meet them there and then again, walk them through the course of a 60, 90, 120 second video to this, you know, dramatically better future that your product or service and company and team represent as a transformative experience. And so, uh, and then you're leaving them with something that they can forward to other decision makers that you may not even know are in the mix. So I've only started on the left side of this experience. You obviously have the selection phase where you're going to need to knock out your competitors that are in consideration, the commitment phase immediately where you can present a, a proposal or a contract along with a video to kind of make it approachable and manageable and speak to specific things that tend to create friction or confusion, things that maybe get redlined often, but your team won't allow to be redlined in the ultimate signed contracts. You can like, you know, and by the way, this is what, this is here. This has to stay here. This is why it's here. This is how it protects you. This is how it protects us, right? Buyer's remorse, great opportunity to be personal, human, peer-to-peer stuff, your CEO to their CEO, um, your CMO to their CMO, you know, whatever you want to do there to kind of like create this excitement, onboarding impact, and then ultimately the positive growth loop of repeat purchasing, expanded purchasing, renewed contracts, referrals, online reviews at G2 or otherwise, um, testimonials, all these great things that we want where we want to create long, healthy relationships with customers, not just a set of transactions. And across that life cycle, you have opportunities to use video to be more personal and more human, to have people feel more connected to you. And that exact same funnel I just walked through is the exact same funnel of your employees from recruiting and hiring, selecting, uh, making proposals on contracts and things, onboarding impact and long-term relationships within your company to be successful as well. And so... Um, that's my long way around. There are opportunities every day to do it. If you are creative, if you have some creative people in house, if you're working with an agency that's shooting and editing fun videos and developing concepts, cool. You can take those and put them into bomb bomb or another service and send them out to people. Even if you're putting them on social media, even if you're putting them in your YouTube channel, even if you're using them on your website, email or another distribution means it's just another way to get that message or that experience in front of other people. But, uh, you know, that's kind of next level for a lot of companies and a lot of people. I sure, think a lot of people sure. are sitting on the sidelines and this opportunity is something for everyone, no matter where they are with this kind of more fun, polished, produced, professional, I'm air quoting, professional uh, video. Everyone can use these kind of video voicemail messages. Yeah, it's like it's sort of like how the we'll say the iPhone, but camera phones in general kind of flatten the curve of like who can be a photographer, who can be a videographer. I read a great piece from the Content Marketing Institute. It was written by a guy named Victor Gamez. This is years ago now, like three, four, five years ago. And uh, it was called Visual Realism. And it was about how giant brands like Levi's and Coca-Cola and Beta Brand are intentionally dumbing down the quality of their photos and videos that they're using in social and in advertising in order to be more approachable and so yeah to you know, be more human yeah and while people are just on the sidelines like i'm not good enough my video's right. not good enough i don't have the skills i don't have the budget i don't have the expertise while you're trying to go up market and kind of sitting on the sidelines because you feel like you can't compete in that space these giant brands with compared to our budgets virtually unlimited or just you know stratospheric um are intentionally dumbing down and walking back toward us as regular normal people operating in much smaller businesses you know as big as we are we're tiny compared to those companies so so don't let that be an inhibitor in fact you're starting from a position where trust and authenticity and honesty which is something that most consumers are really hungry for right now we're kind of tired of this gloss and polish and you know um, essentially the video equivalent of the guy shooting at you across the car lot when all you want to do is just see what this car looks like in person because you've been shopping it online. Right. You try to sneak onto the lot and now like pew, beeline right at you. Like that's what the big wishy graphics are, right? And it's just our guard goes up. And so this um, this idea of, of being a little bit more simple and honest and approachable um, it's not bad. It's actually very effective. Yeah. And that, that's actually a great point. And it's actually going to lead me into this next point that I'm going to pivot to. So clearly you guys uh, at BombBomb have invested in podcasting. At our agency, we've invested heavily in podcasting. 
we believe as an agency that there's no better way to tell your story right now than using something like a video podcast because it does a lot of it checks a lot of the boxes that you were just talking about with humanizing your brand you can tell your brand story you can have people come on and help tell your brand story um obviously you can go really left field so it's not so like sales heavy and you can do more of like an experience uh, experiential type brand story um but you guys were super early adopters, obviously, in podcasting as far as from a business standpoint. I won't, you know, podcasting has been around forever and that's a whole other discussion. Um, but what is BombBomb's view and what's your view as the chief evangelist um, while you guys are building and running your podcast show? And of course, I know you're, you're a co-host on another show, but what are your viewpoints on using that to, to kind of accentuate your stories? I cannot say enough about the podcast format, and I love that you put video right there. I mean, so for us and for most shows still, even if we are doing video, the vast, vast majority of consumption is still going to be audio um, because it is a podcast and, you know, it's so portable. It's got so many benefits for the host. I love that you called it portable. Yeah. And, and the hope for I, I've never heard it called portable. I, we usually say it's just easy to get to, but yeah, portable. I love it is. that. And I think about it like I like if I'm if I you know, I live in Colorado and it's pretty dry here compared to where I grew up, which is West Michigan. You know, we got had a lot of rain there and a lot of clouds and all the plants are green often. And then, you know, it but here it's super dry. So I, I'm out, you know, watering some of the trees and, and flowers and shrubs and things from time to time. And I just take a podcast out there with me. And now I have this really intimate experience in a conversational format between a guest and a host, typically the host and the types of guests that she or he brings to the conversation over and over again um, is why I'm there. I like what they do. I maybe like the format. And you just really get to know these people. And it's just such a cool format to humanize a brand, to walk out stories, to, to walk out messages, to explore ideas. And I don't know about you, how many podcasts you listen to, but you know, I'm one of my biggest struggles in general is, you know, pausing it. And like what I do, I either use the notes app on my phone and just type notes. I'm not a big Evernote person. So I just use the Apple notes thing. Um, or I might even open up an email. If it starts getting really good, I just might open up an email to myself. I have three accounts. So I'll send from one account to another and just like type a bunch of notes out, pause, type a bunch of notes, type a bunch of notes. And I know that I'm losing like amazing ideas. So I love hosting a podcast and I love guesting on podcasts and I love listening to podcasts for so many different reasons. But for a brand or a company, your opportunity to get people onto into conversations like this. Like I, again, I so appreciate the opportunity to spend this time with you. You're interested in what we're doing. We're doing something that's kind of unique or interesting. Uh, I think for a lot of people, people tend to enjoy this conversation about rehumanizing our day-to-day communication. And, uh, but, but we go other places, right? I get to different people ask me different questions, maybe about my career or my life or my, you know, my personality or what influenced me. And it's like, you learn more about yourself in the process. So if you are a business leader or a team leader, uh, and you have some capacity, I can't tell you how useful it's going to be to you personally and professionally and to your own business to either guest and or host on podcasts. And there are a number of resources out there to help you host or guest on a podcast Um, from a hosting standpoint. And then I'll give it back to you and you can redirect however you like from a hosting standpoint, the idea of, I think too many people are oriented around like building a massive following and that's cool. You can, you should, if you can increase your downloads or whatever metric you're tracking to say, I'm growing an audience here, that's good. But you know, I personally feel that it is a little bit late in the game, kind of, to get a massive, massive following. I think a new show could certainly break onto the scene and blow up. But, you know, for most of us in, you know, small to medium-sized businesses, you know, we're not going to change, truly change the world with our podcast, but we can change our world. We can bring new people into it. We can Bring in, this is the thing I would advocate above all, bring in, invite into your show and make the theme of the show your ideal customer. Who do you serve best? Who do you want more of? Who do you want to attract? Who do you want to understand better? Create a show for that type of person by bringing on 
who they are, bringing on their peers, bringing on the type of people that you would like to A, understand better, so that B, you can serve them better, and so that C, you can be in relationship with more people like that and build this network of people you can reach out to. As you're thinking about a new product or a service, hopefully you have customers you can refer to, but you know, especially early stage when you haven't yet proven the use case, you're still trying to figure out the business model or some of like the, the messy moving pieces. You can't go all in. You're so far from scale because you're not quite sure what's working or why yet. Um, this idea of starting a podcast early and having this network of people you can reach out to and tap into who are now invested because you've co-created this content together. In some cases, you've co-promoted it. Certainly, when you let me know that this releases, I'm going to share with the people in my network, which is good for you and for me. And and so, like, we're now in this different relationship together. Um, you know, we're not just exchanging emails. Like, we know each other a little bit. We've spent time together. We're co-creating. We're co-promoting. And so... Um, I guess that'll be my last uh, rah-rah to say, if you're not doing a podcast, think about it. If you're not prepared to commit to doing your own podcast, uh, at least commit to guesting on it. If you have no idea how to get onto a podcast, there are a bunch of services that can help you do that. Uh, And I've even, as a host, I have people... Um, they just assign a team member to periodically reach out. Again, it especially happened when all the in-person events shut down. A lot of the executives that were going to be on stages are now like, I need to get on a some kind of a version. Yeah, they got to get their message out somehow. Yeah, so they still get some frontline employee to just reach out on their behalf. And some of them were really interesting to me. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, you touched on so many great points there. And I think we we see so much eye to eye in that same exact um, like format if you will we have a couple different shows and we're actually in development of a couple other shows where it's very specific to the customers that we want to reach um the we want to reach out obviously to guests to build new relationships if we have any services that maybe they can't use they're going to pass this on to somebody else that might need our services so yeah it's been a huge business development tool for us as well uh one thing that i think you touched on there that i didn't actually even think about until you said it was so we, we started a podcast early on, and I would say even before we really had our agency footing or anything, and this is my business partner and I, and we were like, we need to get content out. We don't have resources to have writers and build blog posts and you know just put things out. So what's the easiest way we can get content out? Oh, we can record a podcast. We can chop that up and you know use that over so much amount of time. And uh, that allowed us to, to build content. The other thing it allowed us to do was figure out who we were, what we were wanting to be. And as we were having more conversations recorded or offline, we started to really figure out and navigate our way as an agency. Like, okay, we do like this. We don't like this. Oh, this guest brought up a really good point. Maybe we should, we should tackle that. Maybe we should try to do that. And obviously like our conversation here is opening up more, more uh, doors to my thoughts as, as far as um, where we need to move next with our business. But I think with that, it's, it, it's like this really like self-fulfilling prophecy of like exploration for the business that um, you never know what you're going to get in a podcast. You can, you know, obviously script it out as much as you want, but for the most part, like it's going to take you down a direction that you may never know or open up doors that you may have never seen. So um, I love that part about it. That's one of my favorite things of hosting it and meeting people like yourself. I think we think a lot alike in, in the podcast realm of what it can do for you and obviously for your business. Yeah, two things you triggered for me there. One, my my quick take when everyone when anyone's like, should I launch a podcast? I'm like, do you want a master's degree that you cannot buy? Do you want a master's degree that no school could offer you? Because we have access through this platform. I can't tell you. I had my first 12 or 15 guests on the Customer Experience Podcast committed to do a show that didn't even exist. And some of these people were people that I really, really looked up to, like people that are getting paid five figures to speak on stages, like legit guests. And I'm like, I'm just going to ask. The worst I'm going to hear is no. And so like, you know, so... People are willing to do this. The internet gives us access to the foremost experts in almost any field being practiced right now on earth. And so this gives you such a cool opportunity to do that. And then the second side of it is, I would say doing our podcast because of what I'm doing and why we're doing it uh, is if I only did it to distribute internally for the employees and teams that it was relevant to, it might be worth it just for that. 
oh, by the way, we are building a community. We are building an audience. We are building a network around it. We are giving ourselves great content that we can chop down and publish in a variety of ways. We've our, so our content team has come up with blog post ideas. And they're like, hey, Ethan, do you have any guests who know anything about this particular topic we want to write on? I'm like, yeah, here you go. Here are three people. I'll send a quick mutual introduction. And so now we have like these experts in their fields, not just guesting on our podcast and kind of co-creating and co-promoting as I talked about before, but now they're contributing to our other content efforts. Uh, my, my co-author on Rehumanize and my longtime friend and team member, uh, Steve Passanelli and I, uh, developed a Steve developed the idea. I'm, he just sold me on it because he's very persuasive and it's a cool idea. You know, sold me on this book idea and and immediately to to start writing another book. And immediately when I started looking for ideas and influence, I went to my podcast guest list. Yep. Like, who are these people who would be able to help us with this? Who would have insights on this? There's just so many benefits. But just turning it around and sharing it with my customer success team or even just my onboarding managers. Hey, onboarding managers, this is an episode that you need to listen to, especially from the 10 to 27 minute mark, but really you're going to enjoy the whole thing. Or, hey, senior leadership team, check out this executive at this company. He faced, you know, four years ago, he was facing the exact same thing we're facing now. Check it out. It'll be interesting. Hey, business development team. I know you guys are, you know, it's hard to hear no all the time. Check out this guy's take on, uh, on, on, the, on his mindset to get through all those no's that he gets as a BDR and SDR every day, right? And so um, just being able to turn it around and share it for internal learning and so your, your, your offer there about learning more about yourself as a company through this process, um, it's also educational for the company as well. So yeah, many benefits. Completely. Sorry. Sorry. I was just, yeah. I love podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> we do too. We do too. We're, we're huge fans of podcasts here. Okay. So I want to pivot a little bit, but it's really not that much of a pivot because we've blanketed this entire conversation with rehumanizing your brand. So I want to dive into that. Your, uh, and obviously if people want to go out and read the book, they should go out and read the book, but how does that lead into being the chief evangelist? What is the chief evangelist and where do your, what's your connection with bomb bomb now that, um, you've, you have a clear cut, uh, take on, on how a business should be branded with rehumanizing it. And how have you brought that to the table with bomb bomb? So, so I've been at the company nine years full time, which is insane. It's twice as long as I've been anywhere and three times longer than my average stay throughout my career at any company. Um, but it's just what we're doing, I think is so important. It's fun. It's challenging. It continues to evolve, you know, as one of as employee number six, I think. And now we're 150. We had like a hundred customers when I started now we're at about 60,000. And so it's just been this really fun, interesting, challenging journey and above all, and I hope you feel it. This matters. Like if I can get, if we can get, whether they use BombBomb or not, and that's, that's the kind of the key thing about evangelism that I'll get into and about writing the book. Of course, I would love if people hear this and are like, this is interesting. Um, you know, we want to get our sales team on this, or we want to get our, our service team on it, or we want to get our leader, our, we want to get our senior leaders using this to communicate with their teams. We would love for that to be with BombBomb. If it isn't, I'm still kind of okay with that because my number one goal is to create this movement where people are more personal and more human more often. We've leaned far too long on faceless digital communication. We've leaned far too much on automation. As automation got so much power, so much more powerful, it also got so much less expensive. So we've gone from marketing automation tools. We even have sales automation tools now where almost anyone in a company has software that was designed for their role or function that just shoots out messages and sequences and like, you know, so we need to kind of bring that pendulum back. So that's what this whole thing was about. So I hit my six year full-time anniversary with the company and I was just really excited about this community and movement that we had going, like people that do want to be more personal and more human, more effective and more satisfied in their, in their work every day. And, you know, my job, you know, I've published a ton of content. So I have all these success stories and I have all these personal relationships with customers and I've run a bunch of surveys and I've created presentations out of them. I've taught best practices, all this stuff. And I'm just like, so welled up with excitement and pride about like, where will we be six years from now? You know, hopefully a lot farther, you know, it'll feel like 12 years by the time we get there compared to the first six, maybe. Um, so, uh, and then it would accelerate and build on itself and the snowball would really get rolling. And so I wrote this blog post called You Are a Pioneer, kind of championing the, the, the first set of tens of thousands of people doing this and route to millions. And um, again, with BombBomb, cool. If not, totally cool. Um, just this is better. 
I promise. <laughs> and so uh, I ended up turning that into an outline for a book and started writing it between five and six in the morning in the better part of a Saturday or a Sunday. And at a certain point, I was like, there's no way I can write a full book on this schedule. It's just because I put a lot into my work. Um, so like taking that extra time on top of it, I was just like, this is not going to work for the whole thing. And so um, and, and I talked to a buddy in publishing and he was like, hey, is this your book or is this a bomb bomb book or what is this? So I started talking about it with Steve and uh, he was like, oh, this, this is a great project. You should do this. And ended up bringing him in as a co-author on it. And, and for about three or four months, I was out of day-to-day operations almost completely. Um, and I knew that anything I was doing before that was important, someone else had picked up. And if I was doing it before no one picked it up, then it wasn't important enough. It didn't matter anyway. (laughs) So I I had the space in my schedule. And so between writing the book, creating the launch plan, launching the podcast, um, which was unrelated, but turns out to be helpful in terms of creating awareness about the book and the opportunity for people to participate in it. Um, I knew that I had created this hole in my schedule and, and within the team itself that I could come back in a new and different way. And so to the chief evangelism, uh, coincidentally, I did a guest turn on Flip My Funnel, which is a really good podcast. I interviewed four chief evangelists. I interviewed Sangram Vajre, the chief evangelist of a software company called Terminus, who hosts that podcast and created that community. Uh, David Spitsky, the first employee in voice for uh, Amazon. So he's the chief evangelist for Alexa and Echo. Yeah, a guy named Dan uh, Dan Steinman at Gainsight, which is the company that literally wrote the book and he wrote the book on customer success um, and kind of an evolution of customer service uh, into, a, into a proper revenue organization. So many benefits to, to that, that mindset and approach. And then uh, I just cold reached out to Guy Kawasaki. I found a Guy Kawasaki email address uh, on one of his websites, just like guykawasaki at gmail.com or something like that. And uh, so I just sent a video email and I saw it got opened and then the video got played and it got opened again and opened again and opened again. I'd hear, I didn't hear back for like a week and a half, and, but I kept watching it get opened and the video played. And then ultimately I got a reply back from someone I think at Penguin Random House. And fortunately for me, he was releasing a memoir, so he was doing publicity, so he agreed to do it too. And so um, I I interviewed these guys, learned about it, and and immediately uh, Steve, who is my boss and my friend and co-author, was like, we need this. You're the person for it. And so 10 characteristics that I learned from these, these four chief evangelists, it is like super legit companies. And we fit the bill. If you are innovating, you must be evangelizing. If you were solving a problem that didn't have a solution before you need to be evangelizing, or if you're solving a problem in a new, better, truly different way, then you're innovating. And therefore you must be evangelizing. You may not put one person in that role with that title, But you need to be intentional about who's out there evangelizing. And evangelism is not about the product or the brand or the service. Evangelism is about the problem or the opportunity. So in our case, the problem, opportunity, solution situation is, hey, did you know that every time you click, there are a lot of ways you could phrase it, but I'm going to tie it back to language forever to use. Hey, did you know? That every time you click send, you're missing an opportunity to be more personal and more clear and more human. Did you know that every time you click send is an opportunity to send a video in place of text and it might save you some time by talking instead of typing? You'll have less back and forth because people will understand what you're trying to say. And did you know it can be like really quick and easy to do? There are people like me who've sent more than 10,000 of these video messages. It's super easy to do and it it is going to change your results. And, And then, oh, by the way, bomb bomb. Right. Like that's right. The, that's right, the, right. Right. That's the third or fourth or fifth point. You know, it's just this like, would it be helpful to you if this have you ever been in this situation? Have you ever have ever been embarrassed by being misunderstood? Have you ever gone back and forth with someone when it could have been solved in like 30 seconds? Right. Do you work in a business that's across the country or across the world and you can't meet these people face to face, but you still want them to feel like they matter to you, feel like they know you, you know, feel like that you truly key right there. Them. Feel. Yeah. is oh, so important. Totally. So anyway, that that's the spirit of evangelism is, did you know, did you know that this is a thing? Here's some stats about that. Did you know that there's some solutions? Here's some ways people are approaching it. People in your particular role or industry are typically wondering or facing X, Y, Z. Here's some solutions to that. Oh, cool. Tell me more. Cool. Tell me more. Cool. Tell me more. And now you've provided so much help and value and service. You've changed people's perspectives that the buying decision 
is not a foregone conclusion, but it's about as close as it's going to get whenever the sales right, conversation right. does come up or whenever, you know, so they think it's interesting. You hear a podcast like this and then you kind of forget about it. And then you get a video email from a buddy of yours. And now you might remember, oh yeah, that bomb bomb guy, right? You're not going to remember Ethan Butte, um, maybe, but and be like, oh yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember hearing that, that on that podcast and that was, oh yeah, yeah, that's what you're doing. Cool. I guess I should maybe start getting serious about that. And again, just the through point to me, everything is, how do you make this customer or this person feel a certain way about your message, your brand? Like, yep, you about can that, change you know, the way people feel and it can be just super dramatic. Yeah, yeah and it's crazy. Um, back in the day when brands were started before the internet and before printed things, people would go walking around in a town and they'd say, hey, I build, you know, horseshoes or I, I shoe horses over here come check it out and they would meet face to face and you'd have these interactions maybe you'd meet them in a bar and, and have a drink or have dinner with them and it was this very like humanized connection because that was the only way you could do it and then obviously as the threads go longer in time we get further and further away from that and what I hear you're saying is it doesn't need to be that way and obviously using something like bomb bomb or any variety of services you can you can make those connections and get back to that to that stage of, of human connection. Perfectly said. That is why we call it rehumanize rather than humanize. You see it like human and humanize and, you know, personal, like a lot of, we've seen a lot of like really nice, positive, constructive language bubble up in popular business culture, but we chose rehumanize because that is exactly to your point. That is exactly how business was done. Yeah. Uh, we leaned on, um, Gary Vaynerchuk's thank you economy. I like that one, the best of all of his books, because it, I think it's the most theoretical and broad. Like yep. a lot of the other ones are like really kind of hands-on and practical and like they kind of time yeah, themselves yeah. Or, out or just bit. like flashy. Yeah. Yeah. He was still like the first quarter of that one was really, really hard harkens back. And I forget what he said, but like this, this idea that it was all done face to face. And if you did anyone wrong, if you mistreated someone, if you were dishonest, you were over because everyone yeah. in town would know. And so his message of course, is that social media is essentially the new kind of town square. And of course that book is very old now, but, um, but it is this return to the way business was done even three generations ago. I'm jumping on a plane. I'm going to take you out to a steak dinner. We're going to handshake. The handshake actually means something. We're going to sign this. Yeah, it meant something. We're going to sign this deal in ink. We're not just going to docu sign it and like copy and paste the email sig our signature that like we digitized once a long time ago. Like it, it was it was that way. And and I. We, st we do need these tools. We do need the efficiency. Digitization of basically everything now is super useful, but we need to find those opportunities to, again, make people feel like they matter. That's it. Your employees, your strategic partners, your potential customers, your current customers, this time and attention because of all these digital tools, time and attention are obviously two of the most precious things that we have. We need to be very diligent about how we invest our own, and we need to be diligent about making sure we give those to other people appropriately. We cannot hold it back because we're, oh, I can't do that. I don't have time for that. False. I think we tell. I think we, we that doesn't scale. Sometimes you do the unscalable because it doesn't scale, and because Completely it doesn't agree. scale, it has meaning. Oh my gosh! Thank right. you so much. Not for just clicking like and typing "Happy Birthday" on LinkedIn like everybody else, but for actually reaching out and remembering my favorite restaurant and remembering my favorite bottle of wine and remembering my husband's name or whatever the case may be. Right? Like this. This this truly personal gift of 28 seconds of your day can change, can turn a day around. Yeah. One thing, and I was thinking about this earlier on in the conversation when we were talking more specific about the software per se, but when you as the person are sending the message and, and what brought my attention to this again is when you said like, if you don't show up and you, your word is kind of broken, like your, your business is over. I feel like if you're putting your face on a message now, as the person sending it, you're almost more on the hook to make sure that you follow through with the things that you said in the message, right? Great call. Yeah, right. it feels so like you're is, even more like, oh, I got to actually now follow through with this. Yeah, it, it really is interesting. Or being way. more I mean, intentional, especially. Yeah, you know, one of my cautions for people, it's a little bit fun and flippant, but the point is very, very true and real, and I mean it completely, is if you are sincere about your product or your service, the value that you represent, the intention with which you're reaching out, if you are sincere about it, the very best thing you can do is video because 
it's going to come through so, so well. And yeah. on the flip side, if you are very transactionally minded and you're using video simply for the for the the case studies and the research that says that you're going to get an increase in this or an increase in that like that could be a motivator for you but if you are transactional in your approach and you're not truly sincere about this person and this opportunity do not use video because the discrepancy as subtle as it might be the discrepancy between your word choice your facial expressions your tone your pace any discrepancy that reveals a lack of integrity and i mean that in the most literal sense i don't mean that you don't that you lack integrity if you're transactionally minded it's fine to approach the world that way as long as you're honest about it if you're insincere or there's a gap there that is going to come through and we can again are we humans have been doing this as long as we've been on two feet. Humans have been doing this for hundreds of thousands of years. We are very, very good. And there are people like, you know, the FBI profiler or whoever that, that is even expert at detecting those little discrepancies and those micro expressions in our faces. But on a basic level, all of us do it. We do it very, very well. Some people call it like a BS detector. Um, but we can detect that insincerity. Sometimes it's really obvious, like when an athlete or a politician or somebody else is now, you know, at a press conference because they did something awful and they're I'm air quoting here for people listening, apologizing, right? We all know like there's no sincerity there. And sometimes right. they are sincere and we can feel that difference. And so um, if you're sincere about what you're doing, there's nothing better you can do because people will feel that from you. Even if they don't articulate it, even if they can't say it, even if they can't put it in their own words, they will feel your level of sincerity. And it's one of the most winning things you can do. It's fundamentally attractive. Like if you're excited about what you're doing or you're sincere about the value or opportunity, it's a winning play. And if you're not, I would caution you because as subtle as it might be, we can detect that gap. Two last questions. Number one, what are the three podcasts that are top to you right now that you're listening to? Doesn't matter if they're, if they're like, uh, just like recreational or business. What are your three favorites right now? I, I got so many and I'm going to leave somebody out. So the one I've been listening to a lot lately is called gain, grow, retain. Uh, it's these two guys, Jay Nathan and Jeff, and I'm going to get his last name wrong, but it's like Brunsbach. Um, and they work for a company called higher logic. They started their own, uh, consulting business and then sold it into higher logic recently. Really smart conversations, really good stuff. I'm loving, um, the casted podcast with Lindsay check, check, come on. Um, I think that's, I messed her last name up too. Yeah. We but, actually just had her on recently. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking about doing a podcast, that's a podcast hosted by a podcaster, hosting podcasters talking about podcasting. It's really, really podcast good. Podcast inception. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love surf and sales. It's super low budget, but, it, but it's like raw conversations with revenue leaders in a variety of different companies, surf and sales. Um, there's just a bunch of I love them. On Being is one that I love personally. The Rich Roll podcast is awesome. Um, B2B Growth is a good one. Uh, Bunch of good podcasts, but those are just a few. Just goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. I could go with more, and I know I left somebody like a friend or someone I really respect and listen to a lot. I left them. How I built this is amazing. Last question: Where can everybody find all things Ethan and Bomb Bomb? Awesome. So again, my name is Ethan Butte. Last name is B E U T E. And uh, you can find me on pretty much every social network. LinkedIn is obviously a great place to start, but I welcome a connection on any of the, any network. Uh, we're called BombBomb, B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B.com. Uh, so you can find us at that URL. And of course, we're BombBomb on every social network. And if you want to learn more about the book, uh, Rehumanize Your Business, you can find it in Amazon or you can just go to BombBomb.com slash book. And the podcast is at BombBomb.com slash podcast. Amazing. And if you just type his name in Google for anybody out there, He's going to come up on a million different podcasts. So uh, just pick. Fortunately, it's a unique, it's, it's a pretty unique name. Pick yeah. any yeah. of them. They're a great listen. Um, Ethan, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much. I loved it. I know we went a little bit long, I think. Uh, no, it's perfect. It's good. It's absolute pleasures. I'd be happy to do it again anytime, whether or not we record it and release it. Sounds good. Thanks, Ethan. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode. And thanks to Ethan for being our guest. Also, thanks to our production team who helped put this together. Don't forget to check out the newest podcast on the Toby Agency Podcast Network called Entrepreneurship Sucks, hosted by Andrew Hong. If you're into entrepreneurship or business at any level, I think you'll find a lot of what he has to say really insightful. So don't forget to check that out. You can find that podcast and all of our podcasts at tobyagency.co. And if you like this episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, review, and tell a friend. We'll talk to you on the next one.